from the liberal northeast comes a lone voice of truth honest commentary in dishonest times think deeper with juan newsome this is the cure radio program This is The Cure. Folks, today on The Cure, we have a friend back, Jonathan Henderson. He is an entrepreneur, author, just all-around hustler. (laughs) Thanks for coming back, brother. No problem, brother. Good to see you. So we want to talk about tonight, liberty versus liberalism, right? Yes, sir. And so we wanted to get some good distinctions between the two. I think that's the purpose of the overall discussion. Right. Um, So you want to delve into that? I can. So, you know, based on the stuff that we talked previously, um, I think that one of the critical, critical to quality factors for a I guess positive interaction at, the, at this juncture in the United States political culture and social culture yep. is under, understanding the value of liberty versus the inherent fallacy of liberalism, right? Yeah. Because liberty at its core and base functionality requires two things that are very important, and that's personal responsibility and accountability. Okay. Yep. When you look at every definition of liberty, when you look at you know, Second um, Corinthians three seventeen, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Right? Yeah. If you're if you're talking about that context, everything that happens in biblical terms is tied to obedience. He who loves me follows my commandments. Right. That's right. So if we are going to talk about liberty and being empowered to be the best we can be as God created us to be. There is also an inherent give and take where we must subject our will and the things that we desire or crave or want to do to a higher authority and a higher standard than just our own personal desires and vices, right? That's true. And that mentality then is what creates actual liberty because as long as I have respect for something other than my own ego and what I want to do, I will always default towards an answer that says, is what I'm about to do wrong is it going to harm someone else is there something that i shouldn't be doing in this instance that you know could cause someone else to have an issue or a challenge with what i'm doing so liberty is actually the exercise within reason of personal responsibility and accountability to pursue your happiness within a guided set of boundaries that allows you to both serve something greater than self and realize your own self-actualization and so that's the well, not to cut you off, but I always, I always get this question from Christians and you bring it from non-Christians, right? Huh? Mm-hmm. And what you described was the essence, not only of liberty, but the essence of like Christianity, because Christianity is about self-discovery within the confines of what God um, designed, right? Correct. So how do you, how would you explain that to someone who didn't necessarily care for liberty as we defined it um so you're talking about someone who subscribes to liberalism someone who describes the liberalism 
right? So if you subscribe to liberalism, you believe in a whatever is clever, I can do what I want because that's freedom, okay? Yeah. So when you have no boundaries or guidance, no baseline to say this is appropriate behavior, these are reasonable expectations, liberalism is literally a source of rebellion, okay? Yeah. Because everything in liberalism is tied to rebellion, rebellion against God, rebellion against government, rebellion against the status quo, rebellion against everything that is an approved, acceptable, or recognized social norm, right? So everything in liberalism, if you notice, always requires protest to get the point across. It always requires a taking pride in something that has maybe no value at all or something that really has nothing to do with pride and is more about personal expression. And it's probably best kept to that individual's perspective and life experience, right? That's right. And so, so liberalism is actually, its root and its core is rebellion, right? So when you look at that and you look at, you know, when we talk about the foundation of this country, there are a lot of people that will confuse our founding father's intent of liberty for all, right? Remember, they were also fighting for religious liberty from the Church of England and from British rule, okay? That's right. So our country was founded not on liberalism, not on rebellion, but against the overarching structure of people who did not recognize the inherent value of human life and the personal responsibility and accountability that went along with that. And we were being tied to a crown that wanted to tax us and impose rules from the crown from an ocean away that did not have our best interest at heart based on the things that they imposed. Because let's be honest, colonialism did establish rule of law, but it also established a conquer mentality um, in this country where we were destroying the natives that were here. Um, yeah. the, nat the natives were destroying us. We were using up the land back then. We didn't have the technology that we have today. But can you imagine if, uh, you know, when we talk about rule of law, if there were no rules or limits for hunting and fishing, right? So people would fish streams dry. They would yeah. completely eradicate the environment because they wanted to stockpile what they wanted, regardless of how that impacted every other one of their neighbors that also depended on those same food sources and streams, right? That's and right. So, so when you talk about conservation, when you talk about the things that are the core of conservative values, you cannot, there is no distinction between Christianity and conservatism, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because right. in in order to properly husband and manage and safeguard creation as God intended, you must first adhere to God's rules and understanding of what he designed mankind to be. And once you understand those values, then conservative values are basically a second part and parcel to that. They become a, a part of your nature because you are already doing those things. Yeah. So, so when people say, oh, it was a libertarian philosophy that caused us to rebel, it was not. No, it wasn't. It was right. <laughs> You know, and, and libertarianism, they say, well, that's classic liberalism. Okay, well, liberalism is still rebellion, right? And yeah. when you look at the structures that we established, we established rule of law, we established a constitution, we established, you know, um, your Bill of Rights, you know, the Declaration of Independence, all of those things were built on a rejection of monarchy and tyranny by a distant elite royalty. Yeah. And, fo and focused on the interactions between us as free people in society to include personal responsibility and accountability which is the essence of freedom always get in arguments with libertarians um about um the fact that 
you know, because they look at conservatives as two sides of the same coin of the Democratic right. Party, and that's really not so. Conservatism is there really to conserve um, our values, you know, our laws, um, our constitution um, as founded. And the problem that I have with libertarians is they're not they're not interested in um, defending the Constitution. And and I and I can take it. I can take it issue by issue. Um, You know, let's look at the border, for example. Um, Libertarians are very liberal when it comes to the crossing of our border. Now, the whole purpose of the border is not to keep people in and to keep people out. The whole purpose of the border is establish order, is to protect our sovereignty, is to um, is to have some type of, there is in the constitution, um, you know, provisions for migration into this country. Correct. Um, and Congress is in charge of that. And so libertarians, I have a ish, big issue with them and you know, especially people like Gary Johnson who are just like open borders, like, you know, right. We have the right to defend our laws, our nation, our sovereignty, and our borders and our culture. Right, uh, and that that's a, that's a big issue that I take with them. Yeah, laissez faire works in Vegas, right? What what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. You can do what you want. <laughs> it's Sin City. You can have whatever kind of things you want. But when you're talking about managing a nation of multicultural peoples, when you're talking yep. about establishing a rule of law that protects all rights of the individual right against the mob okay that's right because democracy is the mob yep and and when you talk about the things that we do to protect our borders uh safeguard our economy protect the environment uh and you look at the current border crisis i watched the news this morning and saw you know more reports on the planes that we knew were coming in last august planes coming in in the dead of night dropping off unknown numbers of people and unknown intentions on their part to just automatically just walk into our country and all of a sudden they're just here. Yep. What's their purpose, right? If you yep. don't have a de- declared reason to be part of this country, if your first act of coming into this country is breaking its laws and disrespecting its established order, its standing as a nation and the people that follow its laws, are you really a good citizen? Is there yep. ever a chance you're gonna become a good citizen? The, the, the likelihood is no. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. And so and, that, and that's why uh, w- when libertarians say that conservatives and liberals are the same, the su- same side of the same coin, um, I laugh at that because they're actually part of the liberal crowd just because yeah. they can just because they can balance a checkbook and play like they're conservative does not actually mean they're truly conservatives. OK. And we know we know that because they lack virtue. OK. They lack virtue on things like marriage. Most libertarians that I talk to. If you ask them about marriage, when the debate for homosexual unions as government approved marriages and whatever else was going on, they said government shouldn't be involved in marriage at all. Really? Yeah. So why what what stops the 14 year old from being married off to her Arkansas 30 year old uncle? That's true. Right. That's if there's true. no if there's no standard at all and our laws are designed to establish a standard for right and wrong and the baseline that has a moral implication. If you just disregard all of that, then it's a free for all and there's nothing but chaos that comes from that. And the fact that they despise virtue and morality is very clearly an indicator they're on the wrong side of things. Another one of my arguments that are their arguments that I love just picking apart, <laughs> legalization of marijuana. 
right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One of their favorite things to say is that, well, if we legalize marijuana, it'll generate tax revenue. So walk me through that process, Juan. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm generating tax <laughs> revenue for a government that I don't want in place to begin with, when have you ever seen government ever shrink because it received more revenue? Yeah, it doesn't. Okay. It just grows. So, that's right. So the, their hypocrisy and the irony of their fallacies are they're observable to anybody who's paying attention is that libertarianism, um, and you can go back to classic liberalism or even the modern day stuff, they call it libertine, they call it all these different names to try to distract, you know, another liberal tactic, right? Renaming what is. Mm -hmm. um, and when, when you start to play those word games, you miss the more important factor that they reject morality, they reject any form of state governed um, standard baseline, even though they claim they give lip service to, oh, well, rule of law is important. Okay, but you don't believe in rule of law. Otherwise, you'd understand the importance of having the law established as a baseline. Exactly. You know, and so th their, their inability to actually see um, the, their own hypocritical fallacies that they uh, support. You know, I, we've got mutual friends that, you know, they, they post things from people like Spike Cohen and some other folks. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, here we go. Yeah. You know, because because they're I, I get it. Some of them are actually well-intentioned. I think there are some libertarians that are truly well-intentioned and just are looking for some form of liberty in a nation that is it guarantees individual rights and liberties as a part of our framework in our Constitution. But you don't get to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You can't then turn around and say that the very essence of our rule of law and the way that we establish a free society is now irrelevant let's just be free and do what we want you can't exactly. have it both ways no nope. right you cannot and you have to and this is where i get into it with some libertarians too you have right. got to defend the constitution like the constitution yeah. needs constant defense you know it was right. jefferson that you know quoted you know his tree of liberty quote which is one of my favorites he said the tree of liberty should be fresh refreshed from time to time with the blood right. of patriots and tyrants right. and that means a constant vigilance a constant defense of the constitution um, to preserve the use of, to preserve the rule of law to preserve the constitution um, as founded somewhat right yeah and, and the libertarians that i talked to and had multiple arguments but they would actually defend the constitution but they would only say that the Constitution is the law of the land, and they mm -hmm. would completely ignore the Tenth Amendment and the fact that the states have the right and the ability to impose their own laws at a lower level, which is not the federal government's purview, right? That's right. Those, thing, those things that the federal government should not be managing are still left to the states or the people per the yeah. Tenth Amendment, right? And so that they... The, the Tenth Amendment was tarnished in reputation because of the whole use of it to justify South Carolina and the other states seceding during the Civil War, right? Yeah, yeah. And so once that became tarnished, everyone thinks, ooh, Tenth Amendment, bad juju, but that's really not, that, that wasn't the point of it. The Tenth Amendment codified the, the boundary, the distinction between federal uh, constitutional authority and powers derived by the federal government based on the establishment of our nation of laws and then delegated other actions at a lower level to state and local authorities so they can impose their own you know fines and sentencing and all that stuff for different crimes that that vary right there are yeah. some states that still have the death penalty other states have abolished it and yeah. of note the states that keep it have lower crime rates typically right yeah so yeah when you uh, when you apply 
a forcing function to personal accountability and responsibility uh, or personal responsibility and accountability. It, uh, it changes things in people's minds. And we, we failed on that across the board as well. Well, also failed on, in educating, and you mentioned the 10th Amendment, educating people on the 10th Amendment and what exactly right. um, the intent was there. You know, and I think the states um, were actually, you know, when the Constitution was first drafted and written and, and ratified, I think the states were in a much more powerful position than they are in the current day. Right. Um, you know, um, when you look at, you know, the, um, the the rights of the states, when you look at the fact that um, even in the federal government, the states had somewhat control of the Senate. You know, we used to um, elect our representatives from the Senate um, right. in, in, our, in our state houses and send them to Washington, and they could be recalled at any time, right. um, you know, before and, and, the 16th and, Amendment. And all this changed when we started looking to federal government funding to fund state-level programs. Okay? That's right. That's right. So, so because the states have smaller purses and look to the federal government to reimburse or actually provide their budget to them, we have become dependent on a centralized form of government that our founding fathers never intended for it to become. Yeah, we're already, people don't realize, you know, and, and sometimes I just, um, it makes me cringe. We're already somewhat unhinged from the Constitution. Um, very much so yeah we're all we're in the era of post-constitutionalism and it it kind of makes me cringe when i even when i hear some republicans talk about some of the things they propose and they plan and what they do i'm like man we're already unhinged from the constitution you're just right. digging the ditch um even a little bit deeper yep. um you know by proposing or passing you know certain bills you know you have bills now originating in the senate Right, <laughs> which was not the intent uh, of the founders. Now they changed over the time. They changed the parliamentary rules um, in order to enact these, some of these bills. But you have bills starting in the Senate, ended up in the House. They're doing reconciliation and all all other types of parliamentary tricks that weren't meant to really right. happen. Things were meant to start yeah. in the House. All things being equal, we should have a policy in place at the federal government level that every bill must stand on its own merit. There are no uh, ride-along bills, right? So yep. if, if a bill comes with 15 different addendums and acts that are part of a larger bill, they always do this with the uh, defense spending bill, right? Oh, yeah. They'll attach some of the most insane crap that goes with the defense spending bill because they know that if they deny those elements of the spending bill, and they, they've always opposed a line item veto that if they attach it to the defense spending bill, it's likely to get funded. So they've played this D.C. swamp game for decades now. And mm -hmm. we need to we need to restore. Number one, we need to have term limits. If you serve two terms in Congress or the Senate, you're done. It doesn't yeah. matter. Let's just move on, because the way that they get things done right now is that they build these alliances and people say, well, if you vote for this, I'll vote for your thing and everything else. And they ex exchange all these favors. And yep. the, the actual effectiveness of government and the ability for people to analyze a bill, evaluate the outcomes and say this is good or not good for the country and then vote accordingly, we've lost that long ago. So yeah. the people in D.C. are just making up stuff as they go. They're, they're handing out 3,000 page bills two nights prior to the vote on the bill and then saying, all right, we're going to vote today. Really? OK, yeah. uh, let's let's start over. Right. And and I think that uh, having I mean, honestly, 
but the way our framework is in our constitution and the current laws of the land, we already have a plethora of laws on the books. Every bill in the modern day should be limited to five pages or less because it yeah. doesn't need to say all that much, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we're losing our freedoms, man. <laughs> yeah. But let, let, I want to touch on a couple of the points that we wrote in our pre-notes, right? Liberty begins with the exercise of personal restraint in order to safeguard the virtue and outcomes within society. Yep. Right? Without that virtue, without virtue, and you, you read my book, virtue yep. is an essential element of common sense, okay? That's right. Because if you don't have virtue, you don't have the ability to to identify the distinction and act accordingly between right and wrong. So yeah. if I have if I have no ability to say something is right or wrong, then there's no way that I can exercise virtue in my daily life or to support someone else's living, right? Mm -hmm. and, so, and so when you look at that, look at everything that the left has done over the last 14 years, okay? Everything they've done has been designed to destroy virtue, to challenge those things that are good and right. And instead of taking that stand and saying okay this is right science supports this um you know even if you disregard the bible for whatever ridiculous reason you might have yeah at the at the end of the day the bible is the most concise complete set of excellent standards for daily living that i've ever discovered right exactly yep right exactly. i mean you read my 76 standards in in my book yeah. And I don't, I don't come close to the Bible. And in fact, a lot of my standards are derived from biblical text, just because that is the best book when it comes to basic understanding of human reality and living a positive, good, healthy daily life. Wasn't it John Adams who coined the phrase, our constitution was made for a moral and religious people? Uh, John Adams or James? Yeah, it's John Adams. I yeah, want to say John James Adams. Madison, but he was not one. Yeah. So if we don't if we don't have virtue, we don't know the difference between right and wrong, and therefore everything is fair game, which then becomes liberalism, right? Because my next point on that on that page, there is no freedom that can be found in wanton, careless actions. True freedom involves the imposition of limitations on self at the point where one's actions affect another person, right? That's right. That's so exactly right. biblically, do not cause do not be a stumbling block to that brother, right? Yeah. If I'm, if I'm tempting you to anger, I'm the one that's in the wrong, right? If you, come at, if you come at me already angry, there's a chance that you may be wrong unless I've already offended you, right? But if we're acting responsibly, we talk that through and we say, okay, hey, we've got an issue here. Let's address this issue and then move forward as, as you know, men and brothers, right? Yeah. And we don't have that impetus anymore. Everybody's looking to figure out how they can be butthurt so they can sue somebody win a bunch of money and all of a sudden they believe that their life is set and mm -hmm. so we, we we've we've made money our idol we've made money our god and mm -hmm. we've traded away true liberty in exchange for the price of not only our souls but our economy and everything else that we used to stand for as a nation john they used to hang, hang the 10 commandments in schools correct along and with I, the pledge of allegiance along the pledge of allegiance we used to do that every day Yep. I remember the Ten Commandments hanging in my elementary school. Right. You know, um, you know, talk about moral and religious. And those Ten Commandments, you know, whether you were a Christian or not. Those are universal, right? They were universal. They gave because, you a because guideline. a Muslim will tell you that those commandments are in their book as well, in the Quran. Those commandments yep. are there. A Buddhist or a Hindu will tell you that they have a similar 
list of commandments in their religion, right? Mm -hmm. So, so worldwide, religions around the world recognize that it's important to recognize something greater than self, so that you have, so that you can add value to society and serve something greater than self. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, you become a better person, right? And then how we treat each other, right? Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, his wife, you know, whatever. Thou shalt not bear false witness, right? So if you're not looking to take from somebody else, lie about somebody else, kill somebody else, or sleep with their spouse or whatever else, you're on good standing in every society. The Ten Commandments are universal, especially the last five. There should be no reason that anyone would take objection with those except for the people that are intent on inspiring chaos, agents of chaos and rebellion, Mm -hmm. the liberals, right? I mean, we've Mm -hmm. got to keep hammering that home is that, you know, the backlash of liberalism, a continual loss of freedom to satisfy an idealistic fallacy that is bound by human nature. The reason Mm -hmm. liberalism will never succeed is because humans are the ones enacting that freedom, right? That's right. Because humans are, uh, yeah, this is coming out in my second book, right? 70% of human interaction and behavior is tied to self-interest, the rule of self-interest, okay? So at least 70% of everything we do in our lives is tied to how it benefits us, right? Mm -hmm. And when you base your entire living philosophy and your government structure and your societal rules on self-serving imposition that imposes hardship, censorship, or a different form of relationship than equality on other people you have already begun failure now sometimes our self-interest makes society better you know sometimes for example when we start a business right you know we we introduce products and goods into the marketplace we hire people you know we expand that business we hire more people you know it has a positive effect on yeah not not all self-interest is bad right right yeah not all self-interest is bad right and that's the thing that I think, you know, it, the left has become a master manipulator of words when it comes to identifying the, you know, the fact checkers in Facebook, yeah. how they'll, they'll look at the thing that you write, you meant the entire picture and scope of what was in discussion. They focus on the one little piece that came from 1989 that somebody said was different. And they say, mm-hmm. oh, every, everything you said was, was false. No, mm-hmm. er, not everything that I said was false. You don't get to discredit everything I say because one little data point was something that you don't agree with, right? Yeah, that's and, right. And, and, and that's the part that we, we have allowed all of the wrong elements to be in charge of the narrative and every discussion for too long. When you have cancel culture, Mm-hmm. as the thing that people fear the most in this nation right now, outside of inflation, possibly going to war with Russia and all this other stuff. When you have cancel culture, that people are so worried about stepping on other people's toes that they refuse to tell the truth. That's a problem. You see where they canceled Dan Bongino on YouTube. Yep. I just read that before we got on here. Yeah, me too. So um, things like yep. that, that happen. Um, yep. And did you see, I, I'm waiting for them to ban me from Facebook again. Um, The the CDC uh, just said that a uh, uh, natural immunity, six times more viable against the Delta variant than face masks were. Oh, wow. Right. So the CDC is going back on its ever changing guidance anyway. 
and saying what we've been saying for months, but how many times were you and I and other people that we know banned from Facebook for objecting to the imposition of masks and the vaccine and everything else? And once they come back and double down on uh, that admission and say, well, the vaccines really didn't work as well either. They were just a symptom reducer, which we already knew that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're going to have to come back and eat crow again because the collective didn't win that that intellectual war, and everybody knows it. I think everybody knows it now at this point anyway, right? With Omicron spreading mm-hmm. it like it's the cold, uh, and the symptoms are changing. At some point, herd immunity and the need to decrease the the fear fear mongering talking points to a zero level is that's that's urgent right now when you stop talking about fear and start talking about getting everything back in shape and then preventing this from ever happening again yeah yeah that's that's a total crock yep <laughs> so but but remember it ties back to what is that my fifth point on there conformer yep. conformity within liberalism creates the collective while liberty protects the individual consistently right yeah so the moment we forsake liberty for liberalism, we've created a scenario where the various tribes in society are now jockeying for power. And as long as you conform to the things that they claim are the best for you, they will empower you to grow and build and do what they, what they want you to do. The moment you object to what they want, the collective becomes your enemy. You become an enemy of, of the state. You become an enemy of a particular group you become the person that needs to be canceled and eliminated from society well you see that through not only through how they're dealing with this virus but through the social justice movement in general through the trans rights movement oh yeah kind of you kind of see that conformity they're Mm -hmm. pushing for that conformity within the collective and you know the individual you know if they have you know remember dave chappelle he just did a special not too long correct yeah, where he actually, you know, he had a very moving story about one of his friends yep. that was trans. They totally glossed over that, didn't they? They cl- glossed over the fact that he was talking about a friend that right. was trans and well, made it into something that, you know, where, re- where where he, but, where they. But the reason of, the reason they shouted so loud was because they were culpable in that person's death. Yeah. Why did that? Why did that person uh, kill themselves? Yeah. Because they were receiving backlash from the trans and LGBTQ community because the, the, Dave's friend was supporting him. And they said, oh, that makes you complicit, right? Yep, exactly. They, they demand conformity. That person would still be alive today if it was not for the LGBTQ community. Exactly. Right? And so conformity creates the collective and the collective is death, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whenever you have groupthink, right? And then here, here's how lack of virtue necessitates the creation of overlords to manage what people should be managing for themselves. Wow. Right? Wow. So, so our laws are rooted in liberty, right? Our nation was founded as a Christian nation, and we didn't have a specific church, but the formation of our laws is tied to English common law, the rule of law, the Ten <laughs> Commandments, right? Um, the, uh, oh my goodness, what's my, what's my buddy's name here? Who's the guy, uh, Persian, that had the, uh, oh, Hammurabi, the Code of Hammurabi, yeah, right? That's right? So the, all of our laws are based on societies and customs and traditions and laws that were rooted in religious doctrine to begin with, right? Yep. Oh, so yeah. we, were, we were founded as a Christian nation, regardless of what the atheists and all the other 
collectivists want to say. I okay? keep saying this. I keep saying this, and people look at me like, um, <laughs> that's because they never crazy. read this stuff. Yeah, but they've never read these things, right? If they actually read the Constitution and they read um, the things that we do, the fact that you know we swear in on a Bible for every politician that comes yep. into our ranks, right? Yeah. Um, every court session is opened up with it with those words, you know. So help me God, right? And mm -hmm. so the thing is, is that we recognize God in everything we do as a nation because we were founded underneath that construct, and we succeeded as a nation because we upheld god's standards for so long right yep yep the, the fight for the fight for liberty is actually a fight for god and righteousness okay the fight for liberalism is rebellion against god and righteousness and that's evidenced by the outcomes that liberalism produces i challenge people i say look if you don't think we are a christian nation then go back to 1789 mm -hmm. and read george washington's inaugural address right and, and how he and how he kind of, when you look at it, he kind of made a covenant with God, you know, right. while being sworn in as the first president of the United States. Um, you know, go back and read that. Right. Go back I'm and read some of the, some of the um, biographical works of our founders and, and, and look at how deep and rooted they were um, in their Christian faith. Um, go back and look at, you know, even though they they looked at every system in the world that had existed at that time, they came up with, um, you know, this republic system right. of governance, so that the individual can be protected because they right. know they knew human nature, man. Right. Well, and then there's uh, Romans 13, right? We've got that on our notes. That's right. So applying the rule of law in conjunction with liberty. And this is where libertarians miss the mark most often, okay? Oh, yeah. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, the powers that be are ordained of God. So the authority of our every government, whether it's good or bad, comes from God, right? Mm -hmm. Whosoever resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same, right? So when you look at that, all, all governments that are evil, that are corrupt, are also of God, right? Mm -hmm. when, when, when people suffer and struggle, right? Let's talk about slavery. Let's talk about something that people know is just a, a knee-jerk, that's horrible reaction, right? Yeah. Er, everything that we've done since 1865 has been to eradicate and safeguard against ever having slavery as a practice again, correct? Yep, absolutely right. 600,000 people plus, 400,000 from the Northern side, which won the war, died in, to protect freedom and eradicate slavery in this nation. We've mm -hmm. lost more lives defeating slavery than any other country around the world. Yep. So there are lessons to be learned from that. We have proven time and again that if we stand for the right things, that God blesses our country, that we have the ability to fight for what is right. And when we fight for what is right, goodness and peace come after that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when, when Christians say that they shouldn't vote or they shouldn't be in the government or they shouldn't be in the military, I had people tell me that from my family. You shouldn't be in the military law enforcement because that's, that's no place for a Christian. You have to administer justice. Uh, yeah, God is justice. 
right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, God, God is righteous judgment. And if you are part of his hand in doing that from the letter of law standpoint, you are fulfilling the actual commandment of God that says you are part of the higher authority God has ordained. And yeah. we also have an obligation as Christians that when a government becomes evil and corrupt, that we restore order, that we restore righteousness to the nation by overthrowing that evil government, right? That's and that, right. That, is, that is not something that should be taken lightly, nor should people in buffalo horns and painted faces defacing our capital be the leaders of that charge. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so when it is time to replace and remove or remove and replace the existing structure that we have, that will come as a unified effort with people who actually have standards and values and principles, and most importantly, have virtue to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. I always, right? I always thought, you know, and I hate to think about revolutions, but I always thought a, a revolution in this country would take place after a great deal of persecution because it, it would take a group of people that would have to have the moral authority right. in order to conduct a really a true revolution like they've been persecuted yeah. they suffered usually after persecution and suffering comes like revolution and correct and you know the it's not it's not a knee jerk reaction you know like right you know, like Congress, January sixth yeah like January sixth that's yeah. not what that's not what an insurrection would look we're gonna like. protest yeah get us on camera look hey I'm in I'm in the chamber woo right I mean I got Nancy that, Pelosi's laptop yeah it's not right. gonna look like that, that 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 was a clown show that had nothing to do with any form of insurrection it was not legitimate revolution in any way shape or form and you know it, it's 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 interesting that we even broached this kind of conversation because back in the day, you know, you could have been censored or, you know, that right now in old England, we already be in jail for having this conversation, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm serious, you know, yeah. uh, and, and I, I think uh, Kanye said it, right? Uh, slavery is a choice, right? Yeah. Because I, I'm, I, I'm a veteran, right? I, I, mm -hmm. I've done my fair share of training and understanding the martial arts world to where it probably has made me more of a outcast to society than being part of the popular narrative. And I'm okay with that. But at the end of the day, um, I know for a fact that if you try to capture me, you may get me in the first try, right? I, I'll, I'll plant your fields and pick your cotton and do whatever else, but I'm always looking for the way to kill you and escape. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and in that regard, the same goes for the country writ large, all of us. And that's why I wrote my book to galvanize the silent majority to say, hey, look, enough stupid crap is happening. Stop it, right? Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and what it takes to stop it peaceably is for everybody to stand up with a unified, a unified voice and say, that's enough, right? And we've got the silent majority cowed into these different corners and camps where the leftists have said, well, if you don't agree with our sexual perversion, you're a homophobe or a transphobe or whatever yep. other phobe exactly. they can make up, right? If you don't agree with our wide open borders and the uh, our um, lack our Trojan horse efforts to invade this country peaceably so that we can have the enemy within, then you're a Trojan, you're, you're, you're a xenophobe, you're, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're this and that. And that's what they do. They, they use that language, they use their actions, and then smear the other side that opposes them as the bad guy, when in reality, the outcomes they produce will always be the worst thing for this nation and its that's people. Yeah, and that's been proven time and time again. You oh, know, whether, yeah. 
whether it's slavery, whether it's segregation, Jim Crow, Black clothes, That's whether correct. it's um, LBJ's Great Society. Um, <laughs> it's the beginning of socialism right there. The beginning of socialism right there. Yep. And you yep. look Social at- Social security, I'm secure. Exactly, you know, welfare. Right? I mean, it mm. just, it, when you look that's at everything one. that side of the aisle has done, it has been a detriment to this nation and holding it back. I mean, but look, look at their motivation, right? At one point, they were they actually um, seceded from this nation and fought a war against their fellow Americans just to keep certain people in in chains. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly. who that's who they that's who they are. Their their end game is always power for themselves. They they have no desire to actually empower the people that they separate and push into these little groups because those people are called collateral damage right the lgbtq community the black community the hispanic community the asian community all of these pride movements those are all collateral damage and are the first sacrificial lambs the moment that socialism or communism take full effect in this country they will literally destroy them first and foremost because they've done all the heavy lifting to protest and resist the powers that be they know that those people are the first liability when it comes to changing this this nation for something mm -hmm. worse yeah right yep so and and they've mocked us for for years now and said we're the ones that are intolerant when we simply said hey if you want to do something perverse in your bedroom i don't need to know about it it's between yep. you and god if yep. you ask me my opinion it's sin stop doing it but if you're not asking for my opinion carry on and your repentance is between you and God and I have no dog in that fight exactly tell me you tell me I have to tolerate you you go and start talking to my kids in school about how they should accept your mistakes in life no I'm sorry now we have a problem yeah. and I don't have to put up with any of that go shut your mouths and go do what you do on your own time and leave everybody else alone mm -hmm. and again that they go back to that part where they don't understand that their actions affect another person okay yeah yeah. Liberalism is about forcing uh, conformity so that an end game of dominance is achieved. That is what liberalism is about. So liberalism is actually the antithesis of freedom and the yeah. antithesis of, of liberty. Absolutely. 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 Where are we now? <laughs> the imposition of a more imperative through the rule of law. Right. We, we touched on that multiple that. times. You're right. Yeah, because without rule of law, there's no baseline standards for society to interact with each other effectively, right? If there's no moral imperative for rule of law, um, there would be no such thing as sexual harassment, for example, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. A moral imperative says men should not look at women or ogle them or, you know, grab their butts or sexually harass them or molest them in any way, shape or form. Yep. That's a moral imperative, right? Yeah, because if you want to get technical, if they didn't hurt them, it's not really assault, right? It mm -hmm. could be considered foreplay if it's wanted, right? Yeah. And so that's the thing. The moral imperative says you should not do that. And that's what we strive to achieve. And it's interesting that the left, they love to choose these moral imperatives selectively so that they can create a wedge issue to drive people apart but they are their end game is never for liberty and equality in, in the the greater sum game right yeah women's rights is another one of those things where they don't really believe in women's rights because if they did they wouldn't be allowing transgender male swimmers to dominate women's athletics exactly and okay. it just turned title nine on on its head 
That's right. And, and, and that's the, the thing that I've been pointing out consistently from, you know, for a while now is that women, because they're the tolerant creatures, right? Yep. The, the, the gender role, that motherhood, nurturing, caring, empathetic, compassionate role that women play that helps soften society for the better in many cases yep. is, now, is now being used against those women because now they are the biggest victims of that particular um, paradigm that's going on right now where men are coming in and just straight smoking women in athletics. And then how do you argue against it when you've just argued for it for the last five years? Yeah, yeah, it's right? getting out of control. But it's, it's a catch-22 they created for themselves. Tolerance and empathy for evil create more evil. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, and a person who's pretending to be something they're not, you and I grew up in the 80s and 90s. What, what do we call those? Posers, pretenders. Yeah, that's right. Wanna, wannabes, right? That's right. Right? And so we, we used to ostracize those people. They, now they call it verbal bullying, right? But at the end of the day, those verbal rebuttals to people's stupidity was a form of rejection that created some boundaries that established, hey, this is your left and right limit for society. Stop pushing up against that because you're going to have problems. And those were necessary, right? Society mm -hmm. has to be able to police itself as well. It can't all be based on government imposition of law. Otherwise, what we've done is we've created a, a uh, autocracy, right? Uh, we, right. We've, created, we've created a form of government that's more um, imposing and overbearing than one that enables liberty. That's right. Right. So and, and that's been, that's been the left end game the entire time. They want to be in charge. They want to rule over other people. They want people in chains because if you don't agree with them, they will either subject you or kill you. Right. Cool. Cancel culture, digital lynching. Right. They want to destroy you any way that they can. Well, even those poor January 6 people. Right. Look at how they just lock these people away and they deprive <laughs> right. them of their rights. Yeah, and, 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 and I find it hard to defend those folks at all because I think they're all morons, but at the end of the day, they still deserve due process, right? Yep, exactly. And the, I think the most disturbing thing I've heard about this is that Congress and its investigation into January 6th is overstepping the actual prescribed role and function of Congress. That's supposed yeah. to be a, a DOJ activity. There should be no congressional investigation into the activities of private citizens. That's a That's DOJ right. issue, right? Exactly. So, so any member of Congress that is on that panel, they kicked off the two conservatives that were on the panel, right? So you, right there, red flag number one. And number two, because they're holding these people without due process, without proper um, uh, the, the, the chain of custody of the evidence, the review process, the uh, judicial uh, review and appeals process, none of that applies in this, right? So yep. the government has already gone well beyond its prescribed role in this particular case, and Congress has overstepped its bounds to the point that they are actually um, committing subversion uh, against this nation because they've overstepped their role. Wow. So we got, I got about two minutes. Let's, let's close out discussion and set the scene for okay. part two. Okay. <clears throat> so I think that, that to recap, Liberty is not liberalism, and it can never be confused as the two. Liberty requires morality and virtue to be effective and to effectively manage society, and those who buy into that live a much healthier, wealthier, content life. Liberalism is the antithesis of liberty, and it is the, the uh, exalted ego 
and self-congratulatory, you know, actions that destroy society while claiming that what they're doing is freedom and it's not mm -hmm. right so liberalism actually is counter to liberty and actually destroys liberty because it requires a lack of virtue a lack of standards and morality a, a lack of actual liberty by forcing compliance on others who don't agree and an ostracizing and a destruction of those who oppose those who proclaim that they are championing liberal ideas and thoughts very neurotic liberalism it's uh, it's all honestly it's all demonically inspired right who who, who is the original liberal Satan. lucifer lucifer right <laughs> he he believed that he could he could lead heaven better than god right yeah yeah so what did, what did he do uh, I, I i can be as good as god and then he fell away right he was yeah. cast out along with a third of the angels that actually believe that nonsense. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so that's right. So if you, if you don't, if you don't serve something greater than self, you already don't understand Liberty. Right. Yeah. And, and if you serve other people or ideas that are destructive to other people, you only understand destruction. And that's wow. what liberalism operates on is actual destruction of society while masquerading and camouflaging itself as quote-unquote freedom and the reality is, is that their efforts are actually designed to destroy freedom lest you agree with them that's right folks i want you to go support john and his book you can get it on amazon it's called common sense a 2020 perspective um, it has some great it's a book that you can kind of rally around as conservatives and you know, we can take the values and the illustrations that are outlined in this book, and it's something that we can move forward with. Um, so, John, I just want to thank you again. We got to, we definitely got to do this. Um, we got to do round two, part two. Correct. So the audience can get some more. So thank you. Yes, sir. Tell, tell them where they can get it, right? Your, your, uh, your podcast. It's on iHeart, Spotify. We're on iHeart, Spotify. Um, we are on um, Apple, um, also on um, Google Podcasts. <laughs> there we for go. Now, for now. <laughs> right. Hey, Co common sense cure, brother. Common sense cure, man. Yep. This is the cure.